All right, man, I've been excited about this word today. We, uh, we began a teaching theme uh, called Genesis last week, where we are going to be staying in the first couple chapters of Genesis and just talking about how God does new. How does God create? Because here's what I found. When God creates something, He creates it the way He wants it. And so He does things good. We're the ones that mess things up. God does things right when He does it. And so we talked about that last week. If you were not here, I would encourage you to go and listen to the podcast. Uh, you can go online. It's on the hills of Nashville. You can also go Go to iTunes. There was a couple of guys that told me uh, this week they were listening to it on the hunting stand when they were. I'd recommend you go in if you were not here last week. Go in and get it because it's going to set the tone, I believe, for a great year. So last week uh, we read Genesis one verses one through five, and I want to pick up verse six, and we're going to go all the way through twenty five. Y'all going to be okay? Everybody all right? How y'all doing on your 21 days of devotion? How many of y'all hungry? Just raise your hand. How many of y'all lost? Y'all look thinner, I'll tell you that. 21 days of devotion. It's been so cool hearing from you guys about what God's been speaking to you and how, what you're fasting and what you're, what you're doing in this next 21 days. If you have not been a part of this, this is not too late. You can do 14 days of devotion, all right? Dive in with us. I'm telling you, it is absolutely incredible what God will do in your life. So, you've already been reading the Scripture, so you should be used to it. Let's start. Genesis 1, verse 6. Then God said, Let there be space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. I love that. God said it, and that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heaven, and God called the space sky. And the evening passed, and the morning came, marking the second day. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the waters seas and God saw that it was good. Remember, when God makes stuff, He makes it. And when God says something, it. it we just read it. It. There we go. Then God said, Let the land sprout with vegetation. This is what I want us to key in on. Every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These these seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from from which they came, and that is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants, and trees with seed-bearing fruit. And their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. I like this section right over here to begin reading with me. Verse 13. Let's go. And the evening passed. Hey, y'all, this is a section right over here. Right on the screen. Here we go. One, two, three. And the evening passed and morning came, marking the third day. Y'all are bad. It's not up there. What had happened? Did I skip something? No, jump to verse 20. My bad. No, that was all me. All me. All me. Verse 20. Y'all ready now? I'm sorry for condemning y'all. Are you ready now? Am I ready now? Are we ready now? Here we go. Go. Then God said, let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Is it not happening? Okay, I give up. 
I ain't reading it. Okay, here we go. Read it with me. Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth. I'm ticked right now. Across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves. Who all's reading? Are y'all reading? Just this section. I didn't ask y'all to read. Hold up. I'm mad now. All right, here we go. Just y'all. With which the waters abounded according to what? Their kind. And every winged bird according to? And God saw that it was good. Now, just me. That's my daddy, y'all. Now, Coach Drew, you understand where I get it from, yelling at Evan from the stands. There's my dad right there. And then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind. Just turn that off. I'm going to read it. (laughs) Let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind. Livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, wild animals, and that is what happened. This is important. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. Everybody take a deep breath and say, whew. All right, are you ready? So you got the word, you got the context, about 13 different translations, and now we're ready to roll. Everything God creates has the potential to reproduce itself. I want you to write that down. God never creates anything that doesn't have the potential to reproduce itself. Plants, animals, mankind. Do you notice everything he created, he created it with a seed in itself to reproduce more of itself. The seed is the secret to life. The seed is the secret to everything that you and I see. Without the seed, everything you see goes away. It just dies off. God's really smart that way, don't you think? Isn't it amazing how God knows what he's doing? The seed is the most important thing because it creates life, but then it also allows the continuation of life. This seed creates this tree, which produces that fruit, which has that seed again, which falls to the ground and produces another tree. Everybody say the seed is the secret to life. You and I are created with a seed of life in us. When you were born, when you were conceived, there was a seed of life placed in you, and it wasn't just your life. It was the life of another generation. It was the next that was coming up. The seed is the secret. You and I were created to create. That's why we were made. That's why I love Nashville. It's such a creative city. Not just in the arts, but in music. I mean, in, in, in business and, and in science and in medicine. There are things being created right here in this city that are not created anywhere else. 
God loves that. If you really want to get God buzzing, you start talking about creation. I mean, God's, God's good at, at fixing messes. I mean, he can do that, obviously, right? Just look at your neighbor and nod your head. God can fix a mess, but he really shines at creating. And he really, really shines at creating things that will then recreate themselves. And you notice that when he created them, and he said, I'm going to place a seed in you so you can create something else, he said, it is good. Nothing is good if it doesn't recreate itself. But everything is good if it can recreate, it can reproduce. God said that is good. You know, we'll be talking about this in a couple of weeks. But when God made man, he said it is not good that man should be alone. Why? Because man could not create without woman. He needed that. So God created that woman so they could then create together. And all the men say, yeah. All the women say, yeah, whatever. Let's just go for it. Gwen, you be nice down there now. I love this. He creates it, and then he gives it a command. He speaks over. I love it. He speaks. He creates the, the fish in the sea, and then he makes a commandment to them. Be fruitful and multiply. It is not only God's will that we would recreate. It's God's will that we would be fruitful and multiply. It is God's will that we would flourish. Jesus said, I have come not just to get you out of hell and into heaven, but I have come that you may have abundant life. Not just a get-by mentality, but an overcoming, conqueror's mentality. That's why he came. In other words, he said... I have come that you could flourish. Let me ask you, if we took a survey of your life right now and every area of your life, I wonder how many of us could say that we're flourishing in every area. That's God's will. That's not conviction or condemnation. I'm just telling you, that's God's plan for your life, that we would flourish. And so he says, I want you to not just recreate, I want you to multiply. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to flourish. How many of you believe that? Just raise your hand if you believe that God wants you to flourish. How many do not believe that? Raise your hand. Some of y'all didn't raise your hand. All right. How many believe that God wants you to flourish? There we go. You believe that? I want to make sure I got you. All right. We believe that. Now, how many of you have a disconnect between believing that and seeing that happen all the time? That's what I want to talk about today. All right. Y'all ready? I got to go fast, so come on. I may just preach today. I may move from teaching and really get to preaching. I'm not bad anymore, by the way. I'm ready to roll. How? I want you to take notes. I want you to write this down. Number one, it all starts with a seed. How How do I move into flourishing in my life? Number one, everything starts with a seed. You notice that the trees get the attention, right? You always, everybody talks about when they come to Nashville, man, I just love all the trees. Nobody says, I love the seeds. Man, aren't there, aren't there some amazing seeds in Nashville, Tennessee? No, they say, I love the trees. Why, why, didn't, the tree, why didn't the seed get the attention? Because the seed is small. The seed seemingly insignificant. The seed is underrated. The seed is unseen. The seed is down below. And so it doesn't get a lot of attention. 
Another thing we talk about is the fruit, right? Oh, man, if I could just get. We had our, our friend Nick that came from, uh, from uh, Haiti and, and visited with us. He lives in Haiti as a missionary. And he said, I just miss fruit. I just want to eat fruit. You don't hear him say, I just wish I had a seed. You know, because seeds are nasty, y'all, right? I'm going to agree seeds are nasty. I don't care what you put in them, what you, they're nasty. Nobody talks about wanting a seed. You talk about the trees, you talk about the fruit, and yet the seed has the power to reproduce. The tree doesn't, the fruit doesn't, the seed has the power to reproduce itself. There's a scripture that says, don't despise the day of small things in your life. I think sometimes we're so easy, it's so easy for us to look for the tree. I can't wait till I get the tree, I get the fruit of my labor. And we, we, we forget about our Passover, those seed times in our life. Some of you are walking around right now with what you think is just a small little thing. I want to encourage you not to overlook that. That is a big, beautiful, powerful thing to have a seed in your life. Your story, your testimony... When you serve, when you give, that alone time with God, that behind the scenes, when you're the one that's nobody sees you doing it, nobody notices that you're practicing harder or studying harder or praying more, that's the seed that nobody sees that buried way deep, way deep down inside. But that's the thing that gives abundant, flourishing life. Think about salvation. How does salvation happen? By faith. And Jesus said, if your faith is as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. How many of you, when you accepted Christ in your life, there were some mountains that He moved for you? And how many of you had barely any faith at all? It was like just mustering up as much as you could. That's the power of a seed. It's small. It's way deep down inside there. You know what I love about God is God doesn't ask for our fruit. He doesn't ask for your fruit. He doesn't ask you to give him a tree. He just says, I want your seed. Just give me a seed. He could come in and say, I want all your stuff. But he says, all I'm going to ask you to do is give me a seed. Because God knows if we'll give him our seed, we'll give him everything we have. Because the seed is the power to life. Everybody take a deep breath. Come on, stretch it out. Y'all are dozing off on me. Not going to have that. This is an important word today. Don't doze off on me. Look at your neighbor and say, you better wake up or he may throw something at you. Wake up. Watch this. Watch this. God says, give me one day. Give me a Sabbath. Just give me one day a week. Doesn't ask for the whole week. Isn't that cool? Because he knows that that one day is a seed. If you will devote one day to him, just take one day as a Sabbath, set it aside, and say, God, we're going to devote that to you. We're going to get up, go to church. We're going to get our kids ready. We're going to make breakfast early. We're going to prepare if we have to. We're going to commit a day to you. If you will do that, God knows that he can get the rest of your week. What about a tithe? Think about that. God could command everything. Give me all of it. But he doesn't. He says, all I'm asking is 10%, just a percentage, just 10%. I always say that to folks that say, I don't know about that 10% thing. I say, well, we can just go back to the New Testament way where they just brought everything they had and laid it at the apostles' feet. And that's when folks, I like the 10%. We'll go back to that part. 
The Bible talks about that 10% being a seed that is planted and then you watch the windows begin to open up and there begins to be a flourishing. So first of all, there is a seed and God asked for that seed. Secondly, write this down. It doesn't, doesn't just need to be a seed. It's got to be the right seed. How many ever planted something and something else came up? then y'all are bad because that really never happens. You've never planted one thing and something else comes up. Unless it was in the ground already. Then that wasn't what you planted. Whatever you plant is what comes up. You got stuff popping up in your life that you don't want? Can I get an amen? How many got junk just pop up all the time? Here's what I found. You need to find out what you've been planting. What you've been planting? You're tired, you're angry, you're stressed, you're upset. Go back and look at what have you been planting the past week? What have we been focusing on? What have we been putting in the ground? We grow what we sow. That's a good word right there. That's tweetable, right? We grow what we sow. If you're writing this down, I want you to write down this way. This is kind of cool. This just came to me. Write this down. We grow what we sow. Sow, sow what you want to grow. How many's mind just blew up just then? We grow what we sow, sow, let's, let's sow what we want to grow. Very simple. Life is really, really simple. We used to have a friend of ours that would say, good choices, good life. Bad choices, bad life. Young people, listen to me. This is important. Good choices, good life. Bad choices, bad life. And that can be something as simple as a yes or a no or a post or a repost or a tweet or getting in a car or getting out of a car. Just one choice. Let me talk to the adults now. Good seed, good harvest. Bad seed, bad harvest. We have got to have this understanding that I think we can complain about our life, and yet we don't even look at what we're planting. You have distrust popping up. You got jealousy popping up. You got anger, entitlement. What have we been planting? I'm going to tell you where you'll see it the most is in your spouse and your children. If your spouse is doing things that irritate you, you need to look and see what you're sowing into their life. If our children are doing things that we don't like, We need to stop and think about it. Instead of blaming them, we should look at what we've been sowing into their life. Now, like I say, I ain't a good preacher, but that's some good preaching right there. I done gone to meddling right now, right? Good seed, good harvest. Bad seed, bad harvest. You don't plant a watermelon and get bull nettle. How many of y'all don't know what bull nettle is? It's nasty. And they serve it at Jay Alexander's, just nasty. Put it on a plate, put some blue cheese on it, nasty. I don't know if that's really what it is. That's what it tastes like, though. Bull nettle. You don't plant bull nettle and get watermelon. It doesn't happen. And so you and I can't think that we're going to have this harvest of amazing things if we're not planting any amazing things. Life, trust, Faith, 
hope, health. How many, doesn't that sound good? Come on, just say it with me. Life, hope, health, joy, wealth, power, strength. You know where that starts? The seed that I plant. I want more of that, but am I willing to plant some of that? Let me tell you a great way to set goals in 2016. How many are not goal setters? Raise your hand. Just be honest. Raise your hand. How many are, but you're not real good at it? Okay. Let me give you a great way to set goals in 2016. Look ahead at the harvest that you want. Just look out there and say, when I get the end of 2016, or when I want to get to the end of three months, or when I get to the end of this week, this is the harvest that I want. And that will tell you what seeds you need to be planting. That tells you, that's how the, that's how the farmer does it. He looks and says, I want to, I want to grow corn right here. And so here's, I know that I got to get things planted by this time. I got to plant this and, and, and fertilize it a certain way. If you want something to come up in your life, whether that's in your relationship or your children or your school or your work, then backtrack and begin to plant those things in the ground. Now, let me tell you an even more surefire way to get a great harvest. How many like that? Make God first in your life. Let His Spirit be the priority in your life. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you can set all the goals you want in your life, but if it's just you doing the work, it's going to end up being a mess. I don't care how good you are, how disciplined you are, how powerful you are. Uh Uh-oh, I feel a preach coming on now. Listen, I do not care how strong you are, how talented you are. If you are building the house, you're laboring in vain is what the Bible says. Read this with me. John 3 and 6. John 3 and 6, and I'm going to read it from here. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is is spirit. Look at me. Flesh produces simple, right? I produce me. That's all I do. No matter how I work, I just produce more and more of me. And I'm going to tell you right now, if there's more of me, it's going to be bad, y'all, because I mess up. I do things wrong. My breath stinks. I mean, it's bad. Is there anybody that would agree with me that if the world was left up to more of you, it would be a mess? So why do we think that we're supposed to? No, the, the scripture says flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. So I would encourage you this year, let the spirit have priority in your life. Another scripture, Romans 7 and 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, Nothing good dwells. Paul was, this is Paul, y'all. He wrote most of the New Testament. He had his head chopped off for Jesus. And this is the guy saying, in me, that is in my flesh, there is nothing good. That means the more we produce of us, the more mess we really produce. Galatians 6, 7 through 9 says this, Don't be missled, I love that. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death 
from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. That's a word for someone right now. Look, it's not enough for you to be doing good. You've got to be doing spirit good. You've got to be doing spirit good. You've got to let the spirit have priority in your life. I'm looking at some of you right now that are worn, as, as my mama would say, you worn slap out. And you look and you go, but I'm trying to do good. I'm trying to raise these babies. I'm trying to feed orphans. I'm, I'm trying to build a business. I'm, I'm trying to do good in school, but I'm so tired. It's because you're doing all the work, baby. Let the Holy Spirit come alive in your life. Come on, let Him come up in you. Begin to pray for more of Him, more of the Holy Spirit in your life. And then you're going to begin to see everything you do is going to produce more Spirit. More Spirit. The Scripture says this, Out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living life, uh, living water. The Bible says this, He spake of the Holy Spirit that was going to come. Don't you, when you, don't you love when people walk in the room and you go, Oh, I love them. I want to be around them. Don't you love that? What if you were that kind of person? That everywhere you went, there was just spirit flowing out of you, life flowing out of you. It can happen. This can be the year. You don't have to be as loud and crazy as I am, but you can let life flow out of you. Let life seep out of you. So why don't we make this first 21 days about getting our seed right? That's what I felt to say to our church today. I felt like saying that, let's take this 21 days. There's 14 days left. And let's make sure our seed is right. That we're not planting the wrong stuff. That we're in the Word. Y'all, it's never been easier to read the Word of God. I I have taught about 20 people this week how to use the Bible app. I felt so young. The Bible app, if you don't have it, you need to get it. It is free. Go get it. You can read it in every translation. Matter of fact, you have to read it. It will read it to you. I get up in the morning, get my coffee, because I'm an auditory and and a visual processor. I do both. And so I open up my Bible app. I go to that 21-day fast plan that we're going through, and I I click on the Bible, and I click on that little speaker, and this amazing voice begins to speak to me. And then I read it along and hear it in my own voice. So it's like in stereo, I'm hearing The word of the Lord being read to me. It is so easy. You're riding down the road. Don't have time. I ain't got time to pray. Yes, you do. Put that Bible app on. Push play and let God just begin to speak in your life. And I'm telling you, if you begin to do that, you know, fasting, what we're going through. Some We have people in our church that have not eaten for an entire week. We have people in our church that have not eaten meat. Some that have given up Diet Coke. They're the angry ones. You can just look around the room. They're the angry ones. You're healthier, though, I'll tell you that. They've given it up. You don't give it up just to give it up. You give it up so your spirit can begin to come alive. Spirit begets spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. When you begin to push that flesh down, spirit goes, <gasps> and you begin to hear it more clearly. The word begins to come alive. It's just incredible what happens. And so... You sow what you want to grow. Secondly, you sow how much you want to grow. Uh Uh-oh. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6. Remember this. 
A farmer who plants only a few seeds only gets a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. How many love a generous crop? Just raise your hand right now. Just wave it back and forth like this. Say, yeah. You know the reason you didn't reap $900 million last night? Because you only sowed two. Per ticket. Oh, but there's a chance coming Wednesday night, yeah. (laughs) Whoever wins that, they say, the stats are that it's one of the worst things that can happen to you. Statistically, there are a few people that get it and do great. But statistically, it's a curse on your life. You know why? Because they didn't sow a seed to get that. That's not a harvest that they sowed into. That's millions of other people that sowed into it, and they get the harvest. Do you know it's illegal for you to reap where you have not sown? When we were little, we used to, we lived up in the, in the Delta. Uh, we had a, had a guy live next door to us, and he grew crops. And one day I heard that watermelon was really good fresh. So I just walked out in the, in the thing and busted open a watermelon. My daddy used to tell me, we were little, we'd go out in the farm and bust open a watermelon. And just bust open a watermelon and started eating it. And uh, Papa, Papa came walking out and he said, son, that ain't, that ain't yours. He said, no, I'd, have, I'd have given it to you if you'd asked for it, but that ain't yours. I learned a valuable lesson. You just don't walk into somebody's barn or somebody's yard and just start taking stuff, right? How many say you're going to get shot, right? <laughs> it's illegal. And yet, for some reason, we think that we're entitled to something. When we haven't sowed anything into it. Let me say something to you. This is going to help you in 2016. You want a better marriage? Give more attention to it. Show some more kindness. Oh, it got quiet then. Y'all liked the lotto stuff. That was funny. That was all good. Come on, listen to me. I'm talking about helping you not have an affair this year. I'm talking about helping you not have to get on a computer and find something to fill the emptiness in your life. I'm talking about not having to drink something to help you feel better. That's what I'm talking about right now. If you want your life to have fruitfulness and joy, and you want to have a love affair with that spouse, sow some kindness, baby. Give some attention to her. Take her out on a date. Take him out on a date. You want your kids... Sow some time. How many want more presence of God in your life? Sow some time to that. Come on, give some time to it. I want to encourage you on Sunday mornings when we come into worship, and many of you come from different denominations and different backgrounds. Here at the Hills, we believe in corporate worship, and we believe that you're missing out on something when you're not involved in that worship. Again, you ain't got to jump up and down like I do and get all excited, but I want to encourage you to get involved in the worship moment. Sometimes I think you can, we can come in and see it as a performance because the band's good, they're pretty, they're good looking, they sing good, all that's great. But if, it, if you just see it as a performance, that's all you're going to reap. But if you see it as a worship, a moment that you can get into and get involved into, then you're going to reap the presence of God. How many more, want more wisdom in your life this year? Get into the Word. Come on, get into it. Just sow into that. 
We cannot complain about our harvest because our harvest is in our hand. And it's called a seed. Say that with me. The harvest is in my hand and it's called a seed. Guys, why don't you come up and play? I got to be honest with you. I normally don't tell you these things, but I am nowhere near through. I studied for this for three weeks and I got a lot of information. But I want to be considerate of your time today. Number one, it all starts with a seed. Don't despise the small things in your life. Now look, just because he's playing, don't tune me out. I'm about to say some of the most important things, okay? Y'all with me? Starts with the seed. Starts with the things you plant in the dark. Starts, we got teachers, we got coaches, we got educators in here, we got managers, business. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The ones that rise to the top are the ones that spend more time in the gym, that spend more time studying, right? Spend more time. As a pastor, I can tell you, the people that rise up are the people that spend more time focusing on the things of God. The Word of God, the house of God. I got to tell you, I've been, I've been doing ministry for a long time. I'm 46 years old. I started full-time when I was 17, preaching my first sermon when I was 12. I've been doing this a long time. And I felt a lot of things. But I'm going to tell you right now, at this very moment where we're standing, I feel the presence of the Lord. God is pleased with what we're talking about. He's pleased that we're taking the first of this year and saying, God, we want this to be about you. He's pleased with it. Starts with the seed. Make sure it's the right seed. Make sure that our hearts are pure. Out of your mouth comes what your heart is full of. Make sure our hearts are full and pure. Make sure we're not white on the outside, but full of dead men's bones on the inside. Let's make sure that we're cleaned up. That's what this 21 days of devotion is. It's laying it all out. I talked to a guy yesterday. He said, I've learned that living for God is about one word, and that's surrender. I give up. I'm not good enough. I'm just bad enough. (laughs) I need to hand it all over to you, Lord. Number three and four were my next two points. You can write them down. We may hit them next week. I may send out an email this week. Who knows? But number three, the seed has got to leave your hand and get in the soil. The seed has to be planted. The seed has one job, and that's to reproduce itself, right? But the seed has no power in itself. The seed has to have a sower, and it has to have soil. So the power is in our hand. It's in our pocket. It's in our wallet. It's in our mind. It's in our calendar. It's in our time. The seed's there. It's just going to take somebody that is willing to say, I'm going to sow that seed. I'm going to place that in the ground. And the boy, you talk about an act of faith, right? To take that seed, put it in the ground. And the Bible says you got to let it die. You ever, ever had a dream die? You ever had something die? It's got to. Until it can grow. Until it can flourish. And then the seed not only has to be planted, it needs to be planted in the right soil. You need to plant that in the right soil. You can't hang out with certain people and expect to reap a beautiful harvest. You can have the best seed, but if it's bad soil, it won't grow. you got to be planted 
And don't, hey, y'all, listen, don't just think about the young people I'm saying that. Some of you hanging out with people too. Being influenced by folks. You got to make sure that soil is right. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's no better soil than the house of God. Thank you, Gwen, for that amen. I said there's no better soil than the house of God. Let me tell you about that little lady right there that just amen me. We launched our church four years ago. Gwen had been washing my hair for about three years before that. We spent some time together. Love Gwen. Love Carol. I invited Gwen. I said, Gwen, come to our launch. And she said, I love you, but I ain't coming. I said, Gwen, why not? She said, I have a love affair with my bed on Sunday morning. That's what she said. Showed up, launch Sunday, and unless she's been sick or helping her grandchildren, she has not missed a Sunday sitting right there. And doesn't just come. She serves. She gives. Gwen gives more faithfully than multimillionaires. Her, right there, gives, serves, sows. You know why? Because she's found that when you sow your seed in fertile ground, things begin to flourish. I'm going to tell you right now, Now, look, I ain't telling you to leave somewhere, but I'm telling you, if you're a part of a church that you don't feel like you can grow, you need to be a part of a church where you feel like you can grow. If you're a part of this church and you don't think you can grow here, go find you a church where you can grow. But first, maybe you should get planted here. Try that one first. Get planted. Get some roots way deep down inside. Look at this, Psalms 92 and verse number 13. Those who are planted in the house of God shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still still bear fruit in old age. They will be fresh and flourishing. Everybody say that word fresh with me. Doesn't that sound good? Fresh. Everybody say flourishing. How many want to flourish in your life? How many want to flourish when you're old? Get planted in the house of God. Get down deep. Get some roots. This is good fertile soil. I'm telling you, we're not perfect. We're going to mess up. We're going to offend you. There are going to be some people here you don't like, some things I say that you don't like. But I will tell you this. This is a safe place. This is a healthy place. Once you make a commitment this, this year to get deep in, get some roots in, so you can begin to see things begin to flourish in your life. Let me pray over you right now.